We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day. Three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. I'm Steve Ferretch, joined as always by Sarah Kelleher, Dusty Evely. It's uh, super, super sad, guys. We don't have JJ Watt. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, it's, it's just breaking a couple as of like some hours, days. I'm not even sure. I've been in, a, in a, just a horrible state of sad emotions. So, how are you guys? Like, I, I'm just sad. How are you? Go ahead, talk. I don't care. I'm pretending to be shocked. Um, right now for you, Steve, but I mean, it is what it is, but Dusty and I knew this was coming, mm-hmm. so <laughs> um, it's not anything that's super upsetting, and we got to hear from some of the Packers coaching staff yesterday, so I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good, you know, and the J.J. JJ loss, J.J. Watt mm-hmm. thing surely is a loss, but I don't know what I was saying there, but... I think the Packers still have a lot to look forward to, and they're going to have a great season this year. So I'm feeling good. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, it was one of those like it would be cool if the Packers would have got him, and then you see the guaranteed money, you're like no, no, I'm, I'm good. I think it's twenty three million, thirty one million over two years, twenty three million guaranteed. That's uh, that's too much. I'm good with it. So I knew Steve would be uh, heartbroken, you know, beyond logic. You couldn't reason with him about why this didn't happen. Um, but then the money was just yeah I'm I'm good like Sarah said there's there's things that there's actual Packers things to talk about today we got to hear from the new coaches it's uh I'm doing good man I'm feeling really good as soon as I saw the news come out I felt like I was in Star Wars I was a young uh, Obi Wan Kenobi screaming like through my lungs like you were the chosen one what were you doing. Uh, okay. Okay. It sounds like he's doing well. Steve's going. And then JJ well. Watt yelled, "I hate you!" back right at you, and then it was over. So <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly how it went down. Exactly how it went Steve down. was engulfed in flames, lava flames. <laughs> <laughs> I legit, like, I actually legit had the same kind of reaction, Dusty. You said as soon as I saw the money, I was like, "Good for you, dude. Good for you." If somebody is willing to pay you that much money. I always knew that if he was going to come to the Packers, it was going to be at a discount. And when somebody in your 32, 33, was he 32, I think, 33, and somebody's offering you that much guaranteed money, so your second year's guaranteed, uh, I, you can't knock the guy. Like, that's something that 
you know, when you come out and say, like, I want to win a championship, I want to win a championship, and then somebody's like, but here's a big old bag of money. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. So um, that was always my stipulation that it had to be at the right price for the Packers, and I thought he would take that home down discount. He did not. So it is what it is, and as as we heard from Goody, as we heard, you know, he, he did reference um, – J.J. Watt a little bit in his press conference and stuff like that. So they're always in that conversation. And from everything I've read, that they actually made a pretty strong offer to him, as much as a strong offer as they could. So, I mean, I'm happy. And I think that's uh, I think that means that the Packers are going to do some stuff. So we'll touch on that a little bit more here coming up. But overall, I'm very happy that Dusty and Sarah did not take me up on my bet offer that J.J. Watt would end up with the Packers, so I don't have to do anything stupid on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. So, But let's get into it because there is actual Packers content, and I was super excited to figure out that uh, LaFleur, Joe Barry, Goody, uh, Drayton and Hackett all had press conferences today. We have content to talk about. So uh, I was able to listen to all of Goody's uh, press conference. I know you guys were able to get a little bit more in-depth and do some more. So um, let's just kind of do some big takeaways, and we'll start with uh, the head coach. So, Dusty, any what were your big takeaways from uh, LaFleur's press conference? Yeah, I mean, the vast majority of questions about him, which is funny because he was the guy that was coming up two people after him, was basically about the Barry hire. Uh, you know, well, why did you hire Joe Barry? What do you expect from the defense? Is the defense going to change very much? All of that. And so, I mean, I think a lot of his answers were really good. I know um, Barry got into it a little more, but uh, LaFleur talked about, you know, they, they had that year overlap in Washington. LaFleur said he talked to nine guys. Uh, I know, and we talked about this before, a lot of the interviews they had. I know I kind of had talked about Evero quite a bit, but he said he talked to nine guys. Um, and again, we'll talk about it more with the Barry thing, but he said Barry absolutely earned it. Like he, it's a really thorough process. They both mentioned how thorough the process was and, and Barry really kind of uh, did really well. He said it was, all, he did, before kept saying a lot of great candidates out there, but he, one of the things I know he hammered out with Barry was um, high character guy, high character guy and an enthusiastic guy, a voice in the room. And he mentioned the same thing out with Drayton, like kind of a voice in the room that they wanted to have in there. So uh, he seems pretty high on him. Um, so I can't remember who it was. Someone asked, uh, like basically straight up, hey, uh, the last four times, last four years that Barry was defensive coordinator, he wasn't great at all. <laughs> <laughs> why Why did you hire him? And they kind of, they didn't ask Barry at point blank, but they kind of asked him some of the same thing. And he's like, you know, he's, coaches are always learning. They're always growing. Like he's learned a lot from past experiences. And he kept saying, again, how thorough the process was. Um, and he kept saying, you know, we're going to be judged, all of us, based on what we do going forward with this hire, with all of our stuff. Um, it's not what they've done in the past. And Barry, you know, is still a relatively young guy. He's He's 50, uh, so it's not like he's, he's 70, you know, so he's, he can adapt a little still. Um, and LaFleur said this was one of my favorite things, and I'll let you know Sarah talk. Um, his last point on Barry about why did you make that hire with those last four years defense coordinator, um, LaFleur said, we understand what's at stake. And that was kind of a recurring thing. I know Goody kind of touched on that a little as well, but kind of this like, listen, we knew when we hired these guys, we know what our window is, we know who we have, we know going forward – what this means and what we have to do. Um, so I, I liked, like kind of hearing that, that kind of reiterated throughout some of this. Yeah. I mean, Dusty, you pretty much covered it, most of it, but my main takeaway from this was that all of the talk at the end of the Packer season about how Aaron Rodgers wanted to trade and that all this and all that just ridiculousness was a bunch of BS because clearly um, when we heard from coach floor and then everyone else, they, like you said, Dusty, they, emphasized over and over and over again that they know what they're playing for right now. They know they have a limited time frame to do a lot of things. That obviously has added pressure to them personally and their jobs even. If they they have this group of guys, they have Aaron Rodgers at their quarterback, they can't get it done year after year. They, they know how you know what's at stake here. So that was my main takeaway from listening to him was he was like, Yeah, we have to be better when we get to those games. I think Goody said the same thing. He's like yeah, it's great that we make it to the championship game, but we actually have to win it. Um, <laughs> that, that's what's important. So, I mean, if you're a Packers fan, it's hard not to kind of feel excited after reading that, reading that, after listening to that, because I think 
you could easily kind of be deflated after losing back-to-back years in the NFC Championship game. And then for the coaching staff to turn around and say, hey, no, like, we're coming back. We know what's at stake here. And I'm going to hire the coaches that I think, you know, can help us get the job done. Then that's great. That's exactly what I want to hear. Next up was the new defensive coordinator. And, guys, I got to say I love Packers Twitter so freaking much because – for as soon as he was hired, everybody hated it. Everybody hated this pick. This was last on their list. I can't believe the Packers would do this. This was the stupidest hire at all. Why would it? Why, why, why? And now you have one press conference, and now everybody's like, God, did you hear him? He's amazing. I love how he's just so on point, and he's honest, and he's talking about what needs to happen. About Like, this is why I love Packers Twitter, because we buy in hard we buy in hard, and uh, I did not listen to his press conference, so I'm going to let Dusty and Sarah talk about it. But, man, Twit Packers Twitter is just outstanding, and I love it. So, Dusty, tell me why we should love the new defensive coordinator after this first press conference. I mean, I'd, I'd watched some interviews with him uh, and, and some – you know, there was that clip floating around a couple couple weeks ago. I think with him, it was that that year overlap because the floor was in it as well, and kind of giving like razzing guys a little bit and coaching them up on the sideline during a training camp thing or something. But uh, this is the first time like you, I feel like that I've really kind of seen his personality. I really really like him. You know, again, it, it remains to be seen what he's going to be like as defensive coordinator. But all of his answers, I thought, were um, he talked for a long time kind of on each one. And some of these he got into the weeds a little bit. They asked about, like, um, the, the star, kind of that nickel, the nickel cornerback, um, if that's as important here as it was in L.A. And he was talking about, like, yeah, like, you know, basically we're going to be in base, you know, 15 Twenty percent of the time, and the rest is going to be a nickel, and so that's that's big, and we're going to be looking at that. He talked about uh, being flexible, uh, making sure the scheme is flexible, which is you know one of the, one of the big things there. It's not not trying to fit your players into a preset scheme that they might not be best at. It's being flexible enough to kind of work with who you have and let some guys thrive. Uh, so just hearing, um, you know, and I think the last thing is the thoroughness of the interview. Uh, again, like Lafleur talked about that. Barry got into details. He said they had uh, one call. Uh, the first interview was five hours. Second interview was six hours. And between those, like, I think three days they had those, um, they, they talked on the phone like another three hours or something. So, like, it seems like, and I can't imagine Barry's the only one he did that with. So, and when they say they're thorough, it sounds like they're thorough. But, yeah, I mean, just listen to the dude talk. Defense, talk about you know his philosophy on defense, talk about what he expects. Um, he talked about how proud he is of his scars based on his learning experience and all that stuff. Like just, it was really hard. And and again, we don't know what he's going to be like. He he could be a terrible defense quarter this year, but I, we don't know. But based on initial interview and based on him talking about his past and going forward and his philosophy and scheme and everything, like darn near impossible not to love the guy immediately. Like he he came across really really well. I thought. Yeah, I mean, I've said it. For weeks now, when you know we first were talking about what kind of defensive coordinator we would prefer for the Packers, I said I wanted someone who was a culture guy, who was thinking with that mentality, kind of like Hackett, who just likes to have fun. He can kind of joke around a bit, and although you know he didn't joke around the way that Hackett does all the time, he kind of had that light-hearted side of him. Um, that was really refreshing to see. I, I really loved that he shared that he went ice fishing on Saturday, and he said he was proud of himself for doing something Wisconsin-like, but he didn't catch anything, and his exact quote was, I stared at a hole in the ice for five hours, and I had a blast. So <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious when he said that, and I don't know. I'm excited about this. Like you said, Dusty, he could, he could suck, but at least from our first impression and what we're seeing here, I think, you know, it was a good first impression. And obviously they were really thorough 14 total hours of conversation before he was offered the job. So again, like let's trust Matt LaFleur. Like we've seen that if we put our trust in him and his process, that good things have happened for the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to put my trust in him on this one and hope for the best. And I think the one thing I really enjoyed uh, from reading the quotes on Twitter and stuff from him was, you know, Dusty, you said he's, he embraces his scars. And, you know, my I, I've got a new job right now, and one of the things that we do, and it's at a bank, and what we try to do is help people that, um, you know, haven't been – have been down on their luck. You know, they don't have the best credit in the world, all this kind of stuff. And one of the big things we always look for is character in somebody. 
and it's embracing the fact that, you know, I, I may have not been in the best in the past, but what I'm doing is trying to make myself better in the future. And that's what I got from that quote of, from him of saying like, I, I like the scars are something I embrace and seeing that he's like, yeah, you're right. I absolutely in the past, like I didn't have the best success in the world, but I've learned from it. I'm better from it. And that's gonna, that fuels me. That's something that makes me want to be better. And that's something that, that I really, that really stood out to me is from, uh, from him. So I'm, 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 I'm excited. I'm looking forward to see what he can do, uh, as a defensive coordinator. And now let's move on to, uh, Gutekunst. So I'll let you guys dive in before you do. I just felt like after listening to that whole conversation with all of that, like I felt like I was wrapped in a warm blanket and he's just going to take care of me and he's going to take care of the Packers. And, you know, given the fact that he might even sign a big free agent, like all this kind of stuff, like he just, He's just really the way he talks and answers those questions. Like, it's like, hey, Brian, how you doing? He's like, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm like, dude, I like that guy. I really like that guy. Like, he, he is, he is the dude that sits in the garage and has the spotted cow with you. So, um, but overall, like, I, I really enjoyed what he was saying. Like, he's very diplomatic about the way he answers questions, but still gives you a lot of info. So, uh, I'm excited to see what you guys have to say about him. Sarah, what did you think about uh, Gutekunst uh, in his press conference? Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I always enjoy listening to him speak because, like you said, I feel like he's just very open and friendly, and he's like, hey, everybody, welcome to the press conference. Let's, you know, let's get started. So, I mean, first things first, um, I know he was asked about Aaron Jones and the franchise tag and are the Packers going to use it? Are they not going to use it? And, you know, he said it's an option and obviously they're going to explore every option with a great player um, like Aaron Jones, but historically it's not something that the Packers have done in the past. So, you know, he didn't straight up say no and he didn't straight up say yes, but I feel like whenever a GM or any coach gives an answer that's like, well, historically, we've never done this before. It's probably not going to happen. So we've talked about it before. You know, Aaron Jones is most likely not going to be a Green Bay Packer this upcoming season. And, you know, it kind of seems like that's still the case. Uh, another thing that I thought was interesting was that um, he saw David Bakhtiari a week and a half ago. And this was kind of the first time that we heard anything about him since he was injured um, late in the season. And he said he looks great for where he's at. All signs are good right now. And um, basically, it's too soon to speculate, you know, on his status for next season, but that his recovery is on track as of, you know, yesterday. So I think that's great news. It's great to hear about that. And then he talked a little bit more about some of the offensive line and specifically with Corey Lindsley. And just, you know, he said there's nothing more that we'd like than to have him back. And at the level of compensation he's at, he's certainly earned it, he said, but They've never closed the door on something like that with him. So I think that one's truly still up in the air. I think they are trying to make things happen. I know people were like, oh, they're not going to sign him because they're going to sign J.J. Watt. But obviously that didn't happen. They could restructure some things. So we'll see. But it, it was definitely an interesting conversation. And I know there was a few more things that, Dusty, I'm sure you'll want to touch on. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's funny listening to to Gutekunst and all these guys talk. I mean, you know, the, we just talked about Barry and Lafleur and even Hackett and Drayton. Like they're they're all just they seem like like relatively cool people. Again, you could sit down have a beer with them, and then you contrast that with like some of the quotes with Dan Campbell, who seems like a legit serial killer. Like it's it's nice <laughs> having like a calm group of guys just talking football. Like I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I didn't listen to much of the Gutekunst thing. Uh, the uh, the big takeaway, you know, the one a lot of people have already kind of talked about, but we'll touch on here is just they asked about Preston Smith. Preston Smith is a guy I mean, that's been basically since before the season was over, people were talking about him as a cap casualty uh, this year. Uh, and that, you know, with the cap likely going down, we still don't have the final number yet. And with kind of his hit, and I think you save $8 million by cutting him, it was always kind of a, he's likely gone. It was almost, he was, he's on his way out the door, like very know this is gone. They asked Gutekunst about that, and his answer was, we expect him to be back. Uh, and, and I mean, I think he said similar stuff in the past about guys that they've ended up bringing back. And so this is a, again, like it's, it's a press conference. The cap has not been announced yet. No one really knows anything at this point. So this could be all just blowing smoke. You're saying something about a guy because he's in the building. Uh, but he does kind of have a history of, of being straight up about some of that stuff. So we'll, we'll, 
we'll see. It remains to be seen. I know a lot of people are like, well, how are they going to make it work? Maybe they still cut them. Like, we have no idea. They're, they're still, they've talked about this. They're still evaluating everything, looking at it from every angle, and we'll see what happens when the cap comes in. But for now, it certainly looks like they're not looking at cutting him right now, which which was, I think, one of the, the big news notes from the press conferences today. And I think that was actually one of the uh, one of the quotes that Goody had for uh, Jimmy Graham. That's right. Prior yeah. to prior, I believe prior to cutting him. So um, you know, it, it is what it is, and we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, I know they also had con- he said they had multiple conversations about you know trying to get restructures with multiple players and stuff like that. So. Very interesting to see what happens. And, um, yeah, to quote uh, Dan Campbell, a true alpha knows when it's time to concede. Jesus Christ. Like, that dude is so nuts. Like, I am. That's that's like the most sane thing he said since he's been there. He's not talking about biting kneecaps off. Like, it's it's just like a freak show over there. After getting punched in the mouth and teeth coming out, you're still going to bite people in the kneecaps. Okay. Okay. I got you, buddy. I got you. Um,. All right, so let's move on. Uh, let's let's go to the gold zone, guys. Let's go to the gold zone. <laughs> Sarah, tell me uh, what you thought of Hackett. What did, what did he say? I love Hackett. Like, I, <laughs> I just feel like he would be so fun to hang out with. But, you know, Hackett was straight up and completely honest today, as, you know, per or yesterday, per usual. He said, you know, the next step for Aaron Rodgers is about – being able to hold the trophy up in the air. And for him, that's all we want to focus on. And we have to be sure that we're all aiming for that and giving that to him. So, again, going back to what we talked about kind of at the beginning with Matt LaFleur, the Packers coach staff is just like, yeah, we need to win a Lombardi for Aaron Rodgers, and we need to do it quick. So I thought that was a very interesting um, tidbit from him. You know, a couple of other things he said, he talked about, you know, the gold zone and how that was really just one of the best in the history of the NFL this past season. And I'm really curious to see if they can keep that efficiency up um, this fall. But I'm excited to see what happens. And, you know, I think obviously if Aaron Rodgers can stay healthy like he did last this past season, they're going to be great again on offense. Um, And he he also talked a little bit about uh, Aaron Rodgers' favorite teammate, Jordan Love. Um, and he basically <laughs> just said that this, this second year in the system will be huge for his development. So I'm kind of curious to see what happens with that. Like, hopefully there's, I've never thought I'd say this before, but hopefully there's a preseason this year. And if there's a preseason, then we'll actually be able to see Jordan Love a little bit. And, you know, we saw a little bit of film from throughout the year, just like at practices. And you could, you could tell there was visible improvement. So I'm curious and kind of excited to see what happens there. Um, and really, that was a few of my main takeaways. I know, Dusty, you had some as well. Yeah, I mean, his his theme, he hit on this um, both as the whole offense and also for individual players was just consistency. They, they asked one, I think the first question at the gate was, how big of a jump are you looking for? There's a big jump between year one and year two. How big of a jump? And he was like, there's still, he's like, you know, probably not as big, honestly, but like we just need to be more consistent. He said, there's, uh, there's there's things left out on the field. They asked him about uh, Tunyon, and he praised Tunyon's blocking, but also said like, listen, we, we there's there's always things to to improve on. He needs to be a little more consistent, like just in his whole game. Uh, Andy Herman asked him about Sternberger, if there's a possible Tunyon type breakout for Sternberger, and the message was the same. It was the off season's huge. He needs to understand the offense a little more and kind of come along. And it's consistency. It's day in day out. And so basically everything he kind of came with was. We need to be more consistent. And then my favorite question, um, which which should come as no surprise, is something we've talked about here a thousand times, um, came from um, Aaron Nagler, who asked about the up-tempo offense. Like, we, we, it was something, like, we we're all kind of waiting for. We saw it some against L.A. in the playoffs, but it's not something we saw a bunch. Like, what's basically – what's the deal? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is great at this. And Hackett's answer was basically it's, it's a team game, man. Um, he said we want to do what's best for the entire team. And it's also game by game basis just because Rodgers is very good at it. That doesn't mean that everyone else is. So he's like, there's, there's times to attack with that. He said, they're always evaluating, you know, week to week. They're evaluating the best way to attack a team. Is that with shifts? Is that with personnel? Is that with up-tempo packages? What's the, what's the way we can win? What's the best way to attack this team? And so he said, you know, you'll, you'll likely see some of that. It's something in their back pocket they can use if they need to, uh, but it's not something they're going to drag out all the time. So just just hearing him kind of dig into uh, not just 
you know, up-tempo, but just talking about the offense as a whole and just how that goes into game planning and the team as a whole and all of that, I, I really, really loved hearing that answer because I know uh, that's something the three of us have talked about. Come on, man, just can we get a little more up-tempo in here uh, many times on here before? So it's kind of kind of good getting a little little bit on that. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand-new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or, if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. Last up, we have got the new special teams coordinator, Maurice Drayton. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I'm digging this guy already. And especially from the quote on J.K. Scott and Hunter Bradley, (laughs) quote, they understand that their backs are against the wall. Uh, you know, you you draft a punter in the fifth round, you expect him to be uh, gangbusters. And, you know, J.K.'s had some good moments. He's had some not great moments. So uh, I, I'm digging the fact that he, you know, he's got that uh, that mentality of, hey, we have not been good. And I know Domovsky asked him about it. And, you know, he, he was able to go back to like 1992 to quote yeah. – uh, you know the the special teams coordinators and stuff. So the man he he knows the history. He knows what's going on, and he like I feel like he wants to make that that special teams de- like that special teams really really good. So I'm liking him so far. Sarah, what do you think? I completely agree. Like that that was gonna be my takeaway was that he was awesome. I loved his mentality about everything. Um, he talked about how. He has always felt like he's been a blue-collar worker and that to him, special teams is like blue-collar work. Like you really have to dig in and work hard and grind it out. And then then that's when he got into that conversation about, you know, some of the players on special teams. And I think, you know, that is 100% the mentality that you should have on special teams. It's, I don't know, I was really impressed. Obviously, we hadn't heard from him before and just, you know, seeing what he had to say and, that back and forth between him and Dombowski, where they were just spewing out all the history of Packers special teams was awesome. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with you, Steve. It was really cool to listen to him. I'm excited to see what happens there. I think, you know, if anyone is going to make a positive change on special team side of things, it seems like he's the guy that could do it. Yeah, and I loved I loved some of the reporters' approach and some of the responses because it was like, you know, Joe Barry uh, – who you know this was his first time talking to a lot of them and he's he's asking their names he's like what was your name i didn't catch it again and they're like oh excuse me you're joe i'm i'm so and so from such and such and then drayton gets up and he'd been on the staff so everyone's like hey mo here's a question for you uh, so here here in that that kind of the different way that's approach was kind of fun but yeah he's i mean all the things you guys said he he seems great i know he talked about um he kept harping on uh teaching uh, the 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 strength and kind of teaching the guys. He said not just not just the what but the why. Why and this is something that comes up a lot with coaching. It's not just you're not coaching. Do this. You're to, you're coaching. You are doing this because everyone else is doing this. The word, but essentially, where do I fit into the bigger picture? Once you understand the why of that, the the what becomes much more important. So he harped on that a lot. Kind of he kept saying he kept saying the why if you're taking like two takeaways from him he kept going back to the why and also he's like this is it's all about personal relationships so i'm teaching them the why of it all and it's about knowing these guys and he's already been in the building and doing that so just hearing that i think he said his 
his mom was a teacher, so he comes from a background of, of, of teaching a little bit as well. So he, I mean, that was a big thing for him was like, you know, I know these guys are ready. It's about personal relationships and it's about teaching. And I feel like I'm, I'm the guy to teach him. But yeah, just listening, listening to him talk, uh, it's, it was hard. I mean, Steve, you joked about that with, uh, with Joe Barry earlier. Drayton was, and I was not around Twitter. I have no idea what was said about this. Um, cause at the time, the hire was he was under Meninga. And, oh, great. Okay. Well, why are we hiring someone that was under Meninga when that, that group was terrible? And then you listen to one press conference with this guy. You're like, oh, no. Okay. I, I get it. Like, he, <laughs> he does seem, he seems legit. Again, we have no idea how the unit's going to be, but, it was hard listening to him and not being and not getting excited about just how he views this and and kind of how he views himself in the role as well. I'm I'm really excited about him. Yeah, I and I think too one of the things I I fully expect after listening to Gudekun's talk too. I really expect them to draft a wide receiver running back that can function as a kick returner. He talked a lot about how Tyler Irvin, you know, made some good plays at the end of 19 and early in 20, but then, you know, the injuries kind of crept in and stuff like that. But he talked about, he really talked about how personnel was a huge thing and how it's the, the, the players' abilities and things like that. And so, like, everything I just took away from, from Gutekunst was like, yeah, we need somebody who's a kick returner. We need a straight up kick returner. Like that was, that is exactly what I took from it. So I fully expect a, you know, whatever level it is, somebody that they identify as that can function as a wide receiver, running back, and a kick returner. I think that's something that's a priority for the Green Bay Packers this year in the draft. So time for your Twitter questions. I'm not going to lie. I was a little disappointed this week. You guys didn't bring Flame them, Steve. Flame them. I, I, they didn't bring the heat like they normally do. <laughs> There's only like 20, 25 questions that we have to like pick and choose from and definitely did not have it this time, but there were very, there was quality. It was more quality than quantity, which is always a good thing. So, uh, we're going to start with Keith, uh, I'm not even going to pronounce your last name because I'm going to screw it up. So we'll start with Keith, and he wants to know, would you rather draft the best player at a position that is weak in the draft, like Christian Bearmore at defensive tackle, or a lower-ranked player at a position that's deeper and bigger need for the Packers? So he's, his other suggestions were Greg Newsom second at cornerback or Tevin Jenkins at offensive tackle. Uh, Dusty, let's start with you. What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about this this draft specifically. It's kind of more of a, a philosophical thing in terms of, of how you approach the draft. I mean, if you look at, say, the first example there, which is the best player position that's weak in the draft, uh, I mean, to me, it, all, it depends on where you're grabbing them. You don't, you, like, for that, that feels like, are you going to reach for that guy? It's always, it's, it's, it's more or less the tiered system, right? Like, it, what's... Think of like how much value do you think you'll get versus the other guy? Are you getting ninety percent of the same production in the third round as opposed to a first round guy, or is it thirty percent? Like it's it, how big is that drop off? How 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 wide are those tiers? Is, is kind of part of it, and how much are you reaching? I mean, some of that if that's if that's someone that you think is going to be there when you're there, or might be there a little later, you can trade back a little bit as well. I mean, it's I'm very much in favor of um, not drafting specifically for need. So that would be like the um, the, the second one, which is the lower-ranked player at a position that's deeper and bigger need for the Packers. I think, I mean, you trade back for something like that, but, I mean, going into, and that's why, you know, attacking some of the stuff in free agency is helpful. Just, again, it's not about always the splash stuff. It's about um, it's about filling those gaps so you don't have to draft for need. You draft for need, that's, it's a dangerous game you're playing, man, because then if those guys don't turn out, like suddenly you've got no backup plan and so, and you find yourself reaching for a guy in the first round that maybe is there mid second, but you can't really live without him because of the situation you're currently in. So, uh, I mean, for me, it's, it's a philosophical thing. I mean, I think it's, it's, uh, I, I'm kind of mostly a best player available guy. And if there's a guy that you really like, and it depends on where you are, you'll, you move back to get him or move up to get him. And we've seen Gudikins do that as well. So I'm just, uh, I, I prefer to look at okay, what is what does your board look like? If there's a guy, to me, this is the bigger thing, and I've talked for a while. But if there's a guy that you feel like 
can help you or a guy that's good, it should be about like, who do I currently have and can my scheme help me or can my, can they fit into my scheme? It's what can this guy do for us? And whether that's maybe it's a receiver or a cornerback, but he's returning kicks or punts in the first year or he's on special teams until like a hole opens up for him, you know, next year or something. That doesn't really matter. It's you're getting talented guys in the, in the room, on the field, and you're figuring it out based on that talent. So that's, that's kind of where I land on that. Yeah, I think you make several really good points um, there, Dusty. To answer Keith's question, at least, like, I think I would go with a lower-ranked player. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Position that's deeper and a bigger need for the Packers. And that's just kind of tying into what Dusty already said, that if the Packers really like a guy and they think that that's the guy for them, that they can develop kind of, you know, similar to the Jordan Love situation. Like, he was obviously not someone that was on every team's radar. But if they have a player that happens to fall, that they're like, hey, yeah, this is somebody that, you know, we had our eye on. And even though they might not be in the top, picks for some of these mock drafts like this is someone that we think you know not only on the field could really get things done but also you know could just be a great like locker room type player so I would kind of go with that um but I think like Dusty said it really depends but I'd rather the Packers get the guy that they want no matter what the like where they are at in the draft as long as they get that person Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. I'm kind of torn on this one. It's it's a little tough because as much as I love mock drafts and I will read every single one of them and comment about how stupid it is and there's no way this <laughs> would ever happen, the draft is such a crazy thing that there's always guys that fall. There's always guys that fall that you – everybody swears is going to go in the top 10, the top 15, and then somehow that's the story where he falls to, like, the late end of the first round, beginning of the second round. Or why Why did Miles Jack fall to the <laughs> – like, like, why did he fall to the Jaguars in the second round? Like, you, you just – these things you never see coming because everybody is so smart, and this is – my mock draft's the best mock draft of all of them. And – so that's kind of why I always hate doing this stuff, but I, I fall under the trust your board. It's not an answer to this question, but it's a trust your board. And that's where I think the Packers do a really, really, really good job. 
and you look at the Bears, you look at the Lions, you look at the Vikings where they have intermittent success and they have it once in a while and all these things, but the Packers have continual success. Number one, they have Aaron Rodgers. Yes, that's a that's a huge point. Don't get me wrong. But the Packers have the ability to take players that maybe, you know, fall a little bit or do, do you know, they have that ability. They take those those players that fall a little bit and they're able to develop them. So I think drafting the best player available per your board is a really smart thing. And I think that's what the Packers do pretty well because the the draft, let's be honest, it's a crapshoot. And I, I like I trust Gutekunst. Like I think he's been doing really well. Honestly, I, I anticipate him moving up, trying to grab somebody in the first round, and then trading back multiple times uh, to, to acquire more picks, um, to, like for the rest of the rest of the time. So that's kind of where I'm standing. Next up, we've got a question from Don: Is popcorn a meal? So I know this is going to do a little bit of fun stuff between the two of these two. So, Dusty, let's start with you. Buddy, listen, it's a real simple answer. If you eat enough of something, it's a meal. I don't care. Listen, you can, if, you eat, if it takes you five bags of popcorn and that fills you up, that that's a meal. That's what they, Now, it's not a great meal, nutritionally speaking, <laughs> but it is, in fact, a meal. So that's uh, bang, done. That's where, that's where I stand. So you're saying any snack could technically be a meal if correct. you eat it a bit. Correct. That's correct, sir. So apparently fun dip could be a meal. Yeah, that's, that's you'd, you'd have to eat, but it has to fill you up. You have to eat a lot of fun dip for that to be a meal. I was literally going to say that. I was going to say, this is Dusty's like evil way of somehow trying to get us to agree with him because that kind of makes sense to then be like, Huh, I told you, fund it. It's a meal. <laughs> and all that. So, that was legit like the first podcast we all recorded together and that still comes up. <laughs> I have like the time hop app that always like tells you what you posted on social media like on that date however many years ago. And it's always so funny to see like right now is kind of like the time that we started the podcast together a couple of years ago. And so I saw one the other day that was like Oh, our podcast got wild tonight. Like you'll definitely want to tune in tomorrow. And I'm like, that was probably the first time that we started screaming at each other about food and all of our t- food takes there. So, anyways, I don't think that popcorn is a meal. I think pop, a pop, like popcorn is a snack. I love popcorn. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on it or anything. But I don't know if I necessarily agree with your. Okay, so. I agree with the principle that if you eat enough of something, it could be considered a meal. You know what? I'll take your apology. apology. But when you go to a restaurant, for example, you order a meal. You don't say, like, hi, I'd like a popcorn, please. Like, you order a meal, like a sandwich or a burger or wings. So I don't think it's... Uh, So I don't really... Restaurant? I'm I'm unfamiliar with the concept of a restaurant at this point. If I can eat it at home and call it a meal, it's a meal at this point. Or a year in, Sarah. Those are the rules. (laughs) So in 2019, would you have still said that popcorn is a meal? If they served it at a restaurant... And they just a big old bowl. Yeah, it's a meal. It's a meal when I go to a movie and I get a big old thing of popcorn. Yeah, that's a meal. Steve, I need to know your thoughts on this. I don't know. <laughs> I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm like, like Dusty, I feel like, is trying to trick us. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. My gut, my gut feeling is no. Like, my gut feeling is popcorn is not a meal. But I'm also almost reaching 40 and if you have a bowl full of popcorn and, like, two glasses of wine, I'm full, and I'm like, did I just eat dinner? Mm-hmm. Like, that much should be question. The answer like, is I yes. Know. I am 40, and the answer is yes. Yes, you did just eat dinner, Steve. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and then he also brought up the movie theater question where I'm like, dude, I eat, like, I eat, like, half the thing of popcorn and a whole thing of soda. I'm like, 
I am so unbelievably full. I don't, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. But like in my head, I'm like, no, no, popcorn is not a meal. But then I'm sitting there I'm like, but if I eat enough of it, it is a meal. Anything's a meal if you believe hard enough that it is. That's but uh, but again, then I go back to the fun dip. I'm like, you could, I can't eat a bag of sugar and be like, dude, that was a meal. And that's exactly what you're doing in fun dip. I'm not doing that with fun dip. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what your home doing. life is like, but I'm not doing that with Fun Dip currently. <laughs> uh, okay. Whatever you say, buddy. I Thanks. feel like now I'm Anakin, just like screaming <laughs> with flames around me at Dusty right now. <laughs> the thing is, you can't win because I've dug in, Sarah. <laughs> uh. All right. Um, thanks next... for the question. <laughs> yes, thanks, Don. <laughs> Thank you, Don. You've officially torn us all apart. Uh, next up, we've got Sean Franken. Odds of Lindley or Aaron Jones returning? The Packers haven't historically used the franchise tag. Do you think that comes into play with Aaron Jones? So with uh, everything that Goody was saying, this will be a fascinating uh, topic of conversation, but... Sarah, what do you think? Franchise tag? Are they going to bring back Aaron Jones? Are they going to bring back Lindsley? Like, where? What are you thinking? No, they're not using the franchise franchise tag. But like I said before, I think that answer of like we've historic historically we've never used it is like their roundabout way of saying like we're not going to use it. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to be a Green Bay Packer. Um, as far as Corey Lindsley. I don't know. If you would have asked me last week, I would have said, hmm, 0% chance. But now, after the press conference with Goody, I'm kind of like, hmm, maybe there's a chance, like a 10, 20% chance. Like, not super high, but I think there's a world where it could happen. Yeah, my, my gut feeling is the same as Sarah. I think franchise tag not used. Some of this, though, like like any of the Lindsley stuff, I I do hope he's back. And and like uh, like Sarah said, the Goody said, like there it's certainly something that they would they're looking at. They're not ruling it out. They said the door is never closed on a guy like Corey, which I love. Uh, it's it's just so tough to speculate on this stuff without knowing what the what the cap is going to be. I mean, I know there's there's still projections and there's assumptions and all of that, but they also isn't the ESPN just signed a massive deal like a week ago. And so you could also see a scenario where, okay, maybe they smooth that a little bit more. Maybe they do bump that up a little more than was expected because you've got that new money coming in and maybe the spikes in the future, like two years down the road, wouldn't be as big as they were because they kind of borrowed against it for this cap. Like you could certainly see that, see that scenario. And so some of this, I mean, I, I kind of, at this point, I almost hate speculating on who comes back and any of that stuff just because it's all tied to, the cap it's all tied to what's that cap going to be what do they need to get under what do they need to create space and it could be this is all moot point because maybe the cap spikes a little more than everyone thought based on the new money coming in so i yeah my gut feeling right now is none of them are back but also like the cap could be revealed and both of them are back like <laughs> it's really really tough to answer it right now lindsley would be on his technically third contract am i correct I believe so yeah mm-hmm. yeah okay so yeah he's gone they're, Packers don't do that. They they don't do the third contracts. Uh, well, especially so with offensive linemen who's had some injury issues this past year as well. That seems like that's kind of a huge, huge red flag for them. Yeah, so I assume he's gone, and I'm like, somebody will pay him. Somebody will pay him eight to nine, I believe, eight to nine million dollars a year. That will be my guess. That somebody will do that for him. And Aaron Jones, I, I mean, Matt, I've I've talked about this on end, like, since the season's been over. Like, I love him to death. I hope he goes somewhere else because he's going to make a crap ton of money. And he deserves it for what he can and for running backs that get their butts beaten in left and right. Like, he needs to get that money. He needs to get that money for him and his family. Thank you for your service to the Packers, but I, I assume both of them are going to be gone. Um, not what I want, but... Overall, you have to be a realistic as a Packers fan. So last question that we have for the podcast, Dusty, you sent this one DM. I don't know. Do you want to credit who sent it to you? Oh, yeah, it was I, uh, jo- Joey Swamp. Joey Swamp, okay. If you could pick one position for the Packers to nail in the upcoming draft, 
what would it be? So, Dusty, we're going to start with you. Yeah, and we kind of talked about this ahead of time. I think, Steve, you and I are going to have the same answer. I think it's 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 cornerback. I mean, it's a position of need anyway. We know, you know, King's likely gone. Uh, Jackson isn't the guy unless something transforms and something magical happens. Uh, Jackson isn't the guy on the other side. Uh, we got Jair, and, I mean, we don't really have – there's no one else on the other side right now. And so nailing cornerback, and especially with, you know, uh, with Barry talking about the importance of, of nickel and, and what they're going to be doing defensively and what we knew, I mean, what they've been doing defensively. I think nailing that, getting, you know, two or three guys in there, like getting a starter and a couple of bit pieces, like, from day one – would be absolutely huge. I mean, you could go a thousand different ways with it, but I, mean, I think if if you nail cornerback, uh, that's that's a game changer for this defense. That that changes what this what this defense can do, what this defense is capable of. So that's that seems to me the no brainer. For me, it's an edge rusher. I think we saw with the Smith brothers in the 2019 season, like how impactful that can be for the defense, and that was something that we're. You know, the Packers were kind of lacking in 2020. And Zedaria Smith wasn't as consistent as he was the year before. Preston Smith was all over the place, and he was playing safety sometimes. So that was true. And then I think Gary is really evolving, and, you know, he's, he's coming into his own, and he was looking really strong at the end of the year. So if we can find someone... If Packers can find someone, you know, to complement his play and his style, I think it would be Gary and whoever else they find in the draft, and that's the future. Obviously, Zedarius Smith is a great leader there, but Preston Smith is not going to be there forever. Zedarius Smith is not going to be there forever, so I think if you find someone that can kind of work with Gary there, good things could happen. Um, So I'd like to see that happen in the draft this year. Yeah, I, it was pretty funny because as soon as this question popped up before we even started recording, they're like, oh, Steve, I wonder what your answer is going to be. <laughs> Everybody knows. I think they, they would think it would be middle linebacker. Um, and I actually laughed. I was like, nope, definitely not what you think it's going to be. I I think the Packers are a little bit more set up than they've been in a, several years at middle linebacker. And... Um, so my answer was cornerback because I really feel like if you can get a, a second corner, a, even draft potentially a third, like maybe they go second and fourth and they get two quality, quality corners that can start decently early in the season. If not, you know, work those, work themselves into that. All of a sudden that makes your pass rush that much better because you've got coverage on the field. You've got Adrian Amos. You've got Darnell Savage. Like, you've got a, uh, an amazing secondary. That makes your pass rush better because that gives you time and the cornerbacks, you know, are, are making the cornerback or making the quarterback look and think and do all these things. And then all of a sudden, um, you've got, you've got Gary, you've got Smith, you've got Preston Smith. Like, breathing down your neck and you've got Kenny Clark and potentially a free agent defensive tackle. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like all of a sudden it's just, it's better. And then the inside linebackers are better. And you know, that, that just improves the defense overall. And um, yeah, that's just kind of, I, I think if you can nail the cornerback position, all of a sudden your defense is looking way, way better. So, that will wrap up our questions for the week. Um, double checking. Yep. Before that, like we're we're good. Um, so let's let's wrap it up with some final thoughts. Who wants to go first? Uh, I've gone back and forth. Uh, Sarah, let's go with you. What you got for us? Said it before, and I will say it again: If you're not watching Wandavision, you need to watch it. Um, I've had. Several people now that listen to this podcast DM me and talk about it, and it's been wonderful. <laughs> so also, if you are watching it and you need to just freak out about it and talk to someone, like, let me know. Shoot me a message. Um, there's been several people that are like, on Friday afternoon, they're like, did you watch it? I just need to talk about it. <laughs> including Andy, including our podfather. So it's been, it's been funny. I feel like I'm meeting and getting to know new people through this experience. But other than that, um, nothing really. Just, you know, everyone keep, you know, 
staying safe. I know a lot of restrictions are starting to lift, but obviously even when that's happening, like just want to be cautious still and pre not just yourself, but your loved ones as well and the people that you're around every single day. So um, that's just something to keep in mind. And other than that, just thank you guys for listening. I mean, it, the off season is always just an interesting time, but you guys make it fun for us. And if you didn't send in questions or you know, send us funny messages um, in the DMs, then, you know, it wouldn't be as fun as it is. So really appreciate everyone's ongoing support and excited to you know, keep you entertained as we all uh, deal with the off season this year. Yeah, and for me, um, last night I was on Game in Wisconsin with uh, Dan Cotton, Zach Jacobson, and the amazing uh, Michelle Bruton, and we did a fantasy draft or a draft of our five uh, five bands of kind of a dream uh, dream lineup. So we got to talk about that. If you know Michelle at all, uh, Michelle is an amazing writer. She's a Packers fan, Packers writer. I think she's actually editing the Cheesehead Draft Guide this year. Uh, I think she, she has in the past as well, and she writes about music. I know she, she writes, I think, for the alt. And she does a whole bunch of music stuff. So getting to talk music with her, specifically kind of like mid-90s emo stuff, was incredible. So uh, if you feel like it, that was a lot of fun. Uh, kind of getting to talk music there a little bit was amazing. And then, um, yeah, I've got, I'm kind of inching closer to my off-season series here. I'm hoping the next two to three weeks I'll start launching that, where I'm kind of digging back into some older Packers plays, older concepts, getting into the history of them, showing some playbook stuff where I can, uh, showing variations. I'm, I'm, I'm debating right now whether my first one's going to be on the famed Lombardi sweep. I'm kind of going back through a lot of old uh, stuff back from late 50s to mid 60s uh, Lombardi era Packers to look at the sweep and then, you know, kind of kind of breaking that down a little bit, showing some variations they've been using off of that. So I'm, I'm, I think that's probably going to end up being my first piece. Uh, maybe the uh, the Favre to Ryzen touchdown in Super Bowl 31 that kind of kicked things off. So that's going to be really fun. I've got a list of, of plays I'm digging into, and I'm still kind of gathering and researching as much as I can. But hopefully the next few weeks that'll be up. And it's been it's been fun, man. Um, you know, obviously you don't get the camera view that I kind of like to look at. You don't get to see everything, but digging into the history behind these a little more and 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 all of that has just been just been amazing. I know you know a decent amount of Packers history, and I've learned a ton just over the past you know month just going through and researching this as much as possible. So it's fun. Just keep an eye out for that uh, next few weeks. I'm sure once that hits, I will not shut up about it. Uh, but it's been been a really fun <laughs> off season project, and it's not even seen the light of day yet. So. Very cool. I'm uh, I'm excited. I I gotten a couple of DMs um, about the jersey stuff, and I, I'm getting kind of hyped about it now. Uh, I talked with Nick, and he was kind of giving me some background where he's from. He's from I believe it is Rip uh, Berlin, Wisconsin, and that's where uh, Ripon Athletic is that makes the Packers jerseys. And so he was giving me, you know, a whole bunch of background information on stuff about, you know, Packers jerseys and, and sent me a couple of pictures from uh, Packers Hall of Fame that has all the jerseys up like right in a, in a hallway and stuff. So I'm getting pretty hyped up. I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research. I've got a couple of weeks before I want to try to do this whole episode, but Again, like I really want to do this thing right. I don't want to just be like, "Oh my God, the Packers need new jerseys," and everybody's going to tell me I'm stupid. So, I I really want to do a do it do it right and stuff. So if, again, if you guys know you know um, people that can do jersey swaps or can create jerseys and things like that, I would love to talk to those people as well. Um, I, I I want to have a lot of fun with it. So um, let's do that. But. Outside of that, yeah, just uh, great news coming around with, you know, vaccines and all this kind of stuff. So continue to wear your mask as long as possible before you get uh, inoculated. And, uh, yeah, let, let's get back to some football and some some Packer preseasons game and all and, and regular season stuff at Lambeau with full with full amount of people there. It's going to be a great time. So thank you guys for, uh, for listening, for your questions on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you guys need to bring it a little harder next week, but, you know. <laughs> It is what it is. We still love you. Follow us on Twitter at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at C Perhatch, and at Packaday Podcast. Love you guys. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you uh, next week. So, uh, as always, go Pack Go!
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.